Can you imagine Americans electing Adolf Hitler to rule over us? Well, it happened in 1938 in Austria, according to our guest, Mrs. Kitty Worthman, an eyewitness to history. This is Bob Boyd. And Jerry Boyd. This is Issues in Education. Kitty Worthman, how old were you when Hitler came to power in Austria? I was 12 years old when we elected, elected Hitler in Austria. Now, how would a Christian nation, 98% Catholic, elect a monster like Hitler? Exactly what happened. You were in Austria. You want to tell what happened, how Hitler came into power? Well, in 1938, Austria was in a very deep depression. More than 30% unemployment. Poverty was rampant. So Hitler ruled in Germany since 1933, And all we heard, Germany had a high living standard, full employment, no poverty, and they had law and order. We had horrible, horrible lawlessness. We had riots burning down whole city blocks and fighting and killing. And that's why the people from Austria asked the government for an election, because Hitler presented himself as a pro-family candidate. He talked like an American politician, and the Austrian people elected him by 98%. What do you think about what's happening in America with all these riots and lawlessness and they want to defund the police department? Does that have any tie-in or a parallel to Well, of course, the lawlessness here in America, they want to totally defund the police and that would be absolute anarchy overthrowing our government. And it's all communist-inspired. Communist-inspired, and so we hear about Black Lives Matter and Antifa. Are they communist-inspired groups? Those organizations are absolutely very dangerous, destroying property and whatever else that has been happening. And propaganda, that's what I call it, the propaganda, to get rid of our police. Then it's an easy takeover of the government. They hate President Donald Trump. They make everything impossible for him. The riot is communist-inspired. The news media is a Democrat propaganda. It's all false propaganda. Yeah. Fake news. It's a communist takeover. Okay, what about Joe Biden? How does he fit into this? Biden, he is a socialist. He's not popular. With Obama, we were 80% into socialism. What happened under Hitler, we had total socialism. That's only a stone's throw away from communism. How did Hitler's rule affect Austria? What happened in the schools? My last year in college, I was sent to a small village to do my practice teaching. As I arrived in that small village, I was told that there were about 15 people who were mentally retarded. And they couldn't read or write. They couldn't speak well. But they were useful people. They did manual work. One man I know very well was the janitor in our school. He couldn't read or write. He couldn't speak well either, but he kept our classroom clean. One morning, I looked out by my classroom window, and I saw a van sitting in the parking lot. And all these 15 people who were retarded were being put into the van. 
So I asked my principal, where are they going to take those people out for a picnic? He said, no, the health department came to visit their parents and told their parents if they signed the paper, they would institutionalize them to teach them how to read and write, to teach them a trade like basket weaving, and gladly the parents signed the paper, and off they went. Six months later, the letters came back to the parents that their son or daughter died a natural but merciful death. That was euthanasia. If you have socialized medicine, when all your health care is free, there is no money to take care of senior citizens, so you have to get rid of them. That was our euthanasia. We also had gun registration. The government told us that we had criminals and murderers, and the only way that they could track a criminal was by the serial number of the gun. And we thought that was a good idea to get rid of the criminals. So we gladly took our guns to the police station so that they could identify the serial number. We were being tricked. That way, they know who had guns. So we had total gun control. We had to take the gun to the police station that they were keeping them. They totally disarmed us. Hitler took every country in Europe by force except Switzerland. In Switzerland, it is law that everybody must have a gun. And Hitler did not tackle Switzerland. He knew that he would get into a hornet's nest. So warning to all Americans, keep your guns and buy more guns and stack up an ammunition. We may have to defend ourselves. We have seen all those riots, all those mobs. All of a sudden, they will come and take our homes. We have to be armed. In South Dakota, everybody has a gun. They are not going to tackle us in South Dakota. We are not going to have riots because they know everybody has a gun, and we will use them. America is the greatest country in the world if we can keep it. So keep up your fight. Fight for America. Fight for President Trump. Yes. Kitty, how old are you now? 94. Whoa, 94. You're marching towards 100. I hope so. (laughs) I hope so. I will fight as long as I can. Tell us what Austria was like in the 1930s. Was it a democracy? It was a republic. And it wasn't unusual that about 30 people came knocking on our door asking for a bowl of soup and a slice of bread. Businesses were going bankrupt and farmers were bankrupt. We almost had anarchy in our big cities. There were two political parties fighting each other. On one side, the Communist Party was getting very strong. On the other side was the National Socialist Party. Listen carefully. Translate it. National Socialismus. That's where the word Nazi came from. So the Communist Party and the National Socialist Party were fighting each other, and blocks and blocks of cities like Vienna and Graz were destroyed. Yeah, street fighting. The National Socialist Party was Hitler's party. We were almost at the point of anarchy, and our police were helpless. 
So the people of Austria looked to the government and asked for an election, and that's how we elected Hitler. We heard from Germany they had full employment, they had law and order, so we said there's just a border between us. We speak the same language, we have the same culture. And, of course, Hitler talked like an American politician. You were led to believe that everybody was happy, but did you know anything about the persecution of the Jews? Not a whisper, because the radio was controlled by the government in Germany. So it just sounded like everything was wonderful, everybody was employed, everybody's being fed, businesses were thriving, so 98% of the population voted for Hitler. Yes, that's right. And Hitler said the first thing he would do is help the families. The family is the backbone of the nation, he said. And if the families are destroyed, the country is being destroyed. So the Red Cross came in with food, fed the hungry people. They lined up. And like a miracle, in about three, four weeks, people were getting jobs. Everybody was working. They started building the Autobahn, the freeway. Then there was the youth corps. The young people joined the work corps, so they had jobs. They weren't on the street anymore begging, and everything was organized. For three days, there were parties, and everybody was so excited that Hitler was elected. That's right. We were dancing in the streets. Hitler was initially elected in 1933 in Munich Bar by one vote. Is that correct? Yes. Isn't that amazing? One person Mm -hmm. determined Hitler would rise to power. That's right. So you never can underestimate the power of one vote. Never, never. And of course, Hitler was a great orator. There were thousands and thousands and thousands of people attending when he spoke, and it was just like a huge mob where Hitler almost hypnotized the masses. I think it's interesting, you are an eyewitness to history. In the textbooks in this country, we don't read that Hitler was elected in Austria. We read that tanks and the guns rolled in and they took Austria by force. You never will read that, as a matter of fact. I had a struggle with a professor in my state. He thought that Hitler came into Austria with tanks and guns. That never happened. That never happened. Even though they did guard the border because the Communist Party would have had a bloody battle if they wouldn't have guarded the border. Okay, now, you know what I thought was interesting? Hitler targeted education, and you said that in Austria you had attended a very good public school. The population was mostly Catholic, so you had religion in your schools, but that the day Hitler was elected, you walked into your school classroom and you found the crucifix replaced by Hitler's picture hanging next to a Nazi flag. That must have been kind of alarming. Well, of course it was alarming because it happened overnight. When I walked into my classroom, the crucifix was gone and there was Hitler's picture and the Nazi flag on each side. We were told that today we don't pray anymore. We sing the national anthem. And on Sunday, we couldn't go to church anymore. That was National Youth Day. The first two hours, we had political education. Today, I would call it political indoctrination. I think it's fascinating. You lived in a country that was a Christian country, and I remember watching the sound of music. The people were such happy people until the Nazis came in, and they wanted to take all of the young men and put them into the army. It must have been incredible that they were inducting all your Austrian young men to go fight for Nazi Germany. It wasn't played that way. Hitler nationalized the radio station, and he gave us free radio. We only could hear what they wanted to tell us. 
And if you would listen to a foreign radio station like BBC, there was capital punishment on that. Yeah, that's and amazing. The newspapers were being censored before they hit the street. So we didn't know anything except what we were told. And then, of course, the war started in 1939, and they drafted our young men and our young women. You were taken out of public school and put in a convent. That sounds like Julie Andrews to me. Yeah, something like that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what was happening in the public schools then? The public school in political indoctrination, they drove a wedge between us and our parents, telling us not to listen to our parents. They were old-fashioned, old fogies. They did not understand the young people. So we argued with our parents constantly. My mother was very, very upset, so she took me out of public school and put me in a private school. She was a wise woman. She told me, someday you will grow up and realize what I'm doing for you. Today, I certainly realized what she did for me, and I thanked her a thousand times over. But when you would go back to visit your friends and ask what was going on and what they were doing, you found out that there was a very loose lifestyle that had come about, and unwed mothers were glorified for having a baby for Hitler. I never knew that. That's right. 16-year-old girls were being pregnant and glorified that they were having a baby for Hitler. Everything was free for them. Full welfare, everything. And then also, didn't Hitler say men and women were equal and they were all to work and a lot of women that used to be in the homes in Austria? Well, they passed the Equal Rights Amendment. That sounded very good to the women, especially teachers. They were all for it, but they didn't realize with equal rights also came equal responsibility. When the draft started for the men, they also drafted the girls. They were living in military barracks, and they got military training. And then when the year was up, they put them out into the firing lines, anti-aircraft gunners, or in the signal corps. So they were in the firing line. And when the news started coming back to the families that their daughter was wounded or killed, we realized that Equal Rights Amendment was the frosting on the cake, and it was so rotten underneath. How were you injured in the war? We were being bombed out. I was on the train back to my school. We were bombed out twice. As we were nearing Salzburg on the train, I know that they would eventually bomb the train because they probably thought it was a troop train. And I jumped out and tried to run. And there was a huge, huge explosion. A hotel was being bombed that was right across the train station. I woke up in an emergency hospital. And what happened to you? Did you hurt your leg or what? Yes, I had many, many shrapnels in my leg. But you nearly had your leg amputated. They were going to because I had gangrene. But a young doctor came to my bed and whispered in my ear, said, I'm not supposed to do that, but I'm going to give you sulfur. And that saved me. Hmm. Praise the Lord for that. Now, you mentioned when you went back to Austria to visit your family and friends that most of the women who had been in combat are emotional cripples because they weren't equipped to handle the horrors of that. Exactly. And I even today, I have a friend right here in South Dakota. She was in the Signal Corps. She kept it inside her. She couldn't talk about it. She literally is a nervous wreck. Totally. It got to her because they cannot deal, a woman cannot deal with combat and war like men can. It's a different mentality. 
women can deal with other things, but not with that kind of reality. Too much stress. Yes, yes. Here is Austria then, in 1939, a Christian democratic country that elects Adolf Hitler. Of course, they didn't know Adolf Hitler was Adolf Hitler at the time. No, no he, he, he talked like an American politician. How many people died because of Adolf Hitler? Millions, millions. Millions. Talk about evil personified. This guy was incredible. He rounded up all the Jews in Germany, and I suppose in Austria too, put them into work camps and then into concentration camps, and he gassed so many of them just because they were Jewish, right? But nobody knew it. That was a tightly guarded secret. We didn't know until we were liberated. We did not know. The state took the children for a whole generation and raised them. They indoctrinated the children. See, when all the women had to go to work, the moms, so the children were put into child care centers, and you could leave them there as long as you wanted to. The state literally raised the children. Now, are you familiar in this country with some of the parallels between Austria then and this country today? Oh, absolutely. Hitler gave us free radios. Then he nationalized the radio station. Then he nationalized the banks. Then he nationalized our only car industry. Then he nationalized education. Then he nationalized health care. Down the line. He nationalized the radio. So I'm wondering, have you heard of the Fairness Doctrine? Yes, the fairness doctrine is that if there is a conservative radio station, they would have to have a liberal radio station at the same time. What about Christian radio? Not allow that either. Or they would put on a humanist radio station. An atheist. We have NPR. <laughs> yeah. Okay, now under Hitler, did you have very good health care, or was it before Hitler that you before had good Before Hitler, we had an excellent health care system, financed by private insurance, we had excellent hospitals. We had excellent doctors. This all stopped. My brother-in-law was a family physician, and when they passed the national health care, all the doctors got paid by the government, salaried by the government. He told me that when he would go to his office, 40 patients would be waiting there at 8 o'clock in the morning. He said it was like practicing medicine on a conveyor belt. Everybody and anybody would come for the littlest thing to the doctor because it was free. It was very, very misused. If you wanted to have elective surgery, you waited 18 months for a hospital bed because all the hypochondriacs were occupying the hospital beds. My sister-in-law in Germany broke her arm about a week before Christmas. They kept her four weeks in the hospital. Now, you never hear that here, that anybody with a broken arm would be staying in a hospital for four weeks. Okay, now, what about money for research? That all stopped. And even worse, my brother-in-law told me he was a very conscientious doctor, and he would prescribe the medication for his patients, but if it wasn't on the government form, and it cost more than the government would allow, they took it out of his paycheck, and his paycheck dwindled down to almost nothing. I wonder if a lot of doctors quit. A lot of doctors left the country, including my own husband. He did not want to practice socialized medicine like his brother had to. Okay, now what about the government takeover of the schools? How did the schools change under Hitler? The government wrote the curriculum. Something like what they do here. 
Yeah. Yeah, it is similar, isn't it? How do you compare Very. public schools today? Because there's no religion basically allowed in our no. public schools. No, there isn't. I mean, the state wants to control the people, so they take control of the kids in the schools, and you really wonder who owns the children. Do the parents own them, or do the schools own them? Well, almost the state, because look, here in South Dakota, 80% of the women work, so their children are in the child care centers. Plus, they send them to, quote-unquote, free public schools. Yeah, right. It seems like economic upheavals are important to take over a country. That's what seems to be required for a communist takeover. And it seems like our country today is in decline. You wonder if it's on purpose. Well, it doesn't come by itself. That's for sure. Exactly. And I was thinking they might have learned from the past in Hitler's Germany and Austria, so perhaps we can change this. If we don't rise up and elect the right people, we lose our country. It's a distinctive parallel, what is happening. It's not happening by itself. It is by design. And you know what? It's gradual, like you said. It wasn't totalitarian all of a sudden overnight. It was gradual. It took five years from 1938 until 1943 that we had total dictatorship. Had we had total dictatorship and we still had guns, we would have fought a bloody battle to the last man. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. First of all, they had gun registration. Then they knew who had the guns. And then they said, we want you to turn your guns in. If you don't, it's a capital offense. Right. Capital punishment. So did people start registering their guns and then they turned them in? We had to. Well, we were told that was the only way that they could track the criminals by the serial number. So we were going to the police station and bringing our guns and that they could get the serial number of the gun. Bureaucrats, they were writing all the rules, regulation, and everywhere. Like in the businesses, they would go and inspect everything and make all kinds of claims that they had to do this and do that. And it cost them a lot of money to replace things. And so a lot of the small businesses want other business only. The big ones remained. When the war was going on, all our food was being rationed. And all the farmers, whatever they produced, they had to turn that into the government. And the bureaucrats would be out on the farms telling the farmers how much they had to plant and how much they had to harvest regarding the weather. And they counted their livestock, oh, how much milk they had to turn in. And they counted the chickens and they ordered the chickens how many eggs they had to lay. There were strict rules, and if the farmer did not provide what the government said they should, then he got fined or even jailed. You mentioned that your brother-in-law owned a restaurant, and it had square tables, so the government officials come in, and they told him he had to replace them with round tables because people might hurt themselves on the corners? Yeah, that's right. That's how nitpicking they were. That was one part that the employment rose because with all those bureaucrats being hired by the government. Now that sounds familiar. Yes, it does. There were two Christian German soldiers who worked in Auschwitz. They were gassing Jews during the day. But at night when they went to the NCO club, they didn't dance, smoke, or drink because they didn't want to sin. They were Christians. That was a tightly guarded secret what they did. We did not know. The guys in the gas chambers, they knew. Of course, and they were under orders, and if they did not obey, they were put on the wall. People might say, oh, this is so far-fetched, this could never happen in America. Do you think it could? Possible. Why do you think we have handicapped parking? They have everybody on the list. I will never apply for a handicapped license plate. 
Never. Just in case. That's right. Those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. What can we learn from history? If you know your history, you will not walk blindly into the future. Just educate the people, what socialism is all about. That's what you need to do. You know, the problem here, though, is so many children, the majority of children are going to public schools and they're being educated into a humanistic, socialistic mindset. That's right. That's why so many people uh, homeschool their children. God is still in the throne. He will not forsake us. He did not forsake the Austrian people. It was the Allies and the American who liberated us. Thank you, Kitty. Yeah, thank You're you, so Kitty. welcome. Our guest, Mrs. Kitty Worthman, an eyewitness to history, has been telling us how Austria elected Hitler to rule over them. The parallels between then and now is chilling. Massive spending and taxes, which predictably will lead to hyperinflation, then possibly anarchy, and even chaos, which is the perfect excuse for strong-arm totalitarian control to restore order, just like it happened in Germany in 1920, when runaway inflation and chaos brought Hitler to power and resulted in a world war with 6 million Jews killed, 10 million Christians killed, because of a godless idea called socialism. Out of 18,000 German pastors, only 200 refused to sign a loyalty oath to Hitler. But in stark contrast were the true men of God, the courageous men like Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who rebuked other pastors for compromising with the devil. If you would like a CD copy of today's program, please ask for number 1802, Hitler's Germany. That's number 1802, Hitler's Germany. You can order a CD copy of this program from our website. Our website is issuesineducation.org. That's issuesineducation.org. Please give us a call at 928-776-0000. That's 928-776-0000. Zero, zero. From Proverbs 29, verse 2. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. When the wicked rule, the people groan. For Issues in Education, this has been Bob and Jerry Boyd. 